0: guys welcome back to part two of leaving apologies for the delay as i mentioned last episode i went back to in office work last week so i've been super busy of course the first day happened to be on the first day of that crazy heat wave that we had in new york last week oh my goodness what a few days that was I normally love, love, love the summer, love the heat, can handle heat waves, no matter how high the temperature is, but that almost killed me, honestly. And currently, as I speak, as I'm recording this, I've been trying to record this all day, but we're in the middle of a crazy thunderstorm. Uh, My neighborhood is completely flooded. There are cars submerged. I've been seeing videos for the last couple of hours. I can't believe it. I've lived here for nine years and I've never seen flooding like this uh, up here in my neighborhood. Um, It's crazy. I'm really glad that I'm not working today because I probably would have gotten stuck at work. Uh, I hope everybody is staying safe out there. Please stay home if you can uh it's really dangerous out there I've seen uh cars submerged I've seen some crazy things happening uh so just be careful out there and yeah um so I've been way too tired to record uh for the last week and a half uh the job that I'm doing is particularly busy probably the busiest I've ever had and my hours are different every day now so it's been hard to get into any kind of routine so I may have to post every two weeks now instead of every week as previous but I will keep you updated on my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I had a jump in listeners after last episode so I'm really excited about that. Uh, thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I really hope you're learning something or just finding it helpful I haven't had time to watch much TV the last couple of weeks, so I've just been re-watching Friends as usual, and Love Island UK just started up again, so I've been trying to keep up with that, not much is happening on it right now, but I always feel like it doesn't really get going for a few weeks anyway, so I'm going to give it a chance, Uh, nothing's really standing out right now. So last week I ended on the morning I left my abuser and right before I was about to file for a protection order. So let's get back into it. So the ladies that I spoke to at the center told me to go back to my apartment ASAP with my friend and to get all of my immigration paperwork my passport social security card birth cert everything like that uh that's also something to note that if you are planning on leaving your abuser or in the middle of leaving always try and keep your documents somewhere if you can if you have access to them Uh, If you have copies of them even that you can hide somewhere, it's really, really important and just keep them somewhere together where you can just grab them and go. So I knew at this point in the day after the crazy morning that we just had that my abuser was probably passed out as he had stopped calling and texting me and it was just typical of him anyway to pass out after being out all night. So when we got to the apartment, he was in bed asleep. Um, I knew exactly where the papers were in the cupboard in the kitchen. Thankfully, I'm a really organized person so everything was together in the same folder. So I creeped into the kitchen and grabbed it. I realized that some of his paperwork had gotten mixed in with it. So we sat in the living room for a minute while I tried to quickly organize it. Then out of nowhere, the door started to open. And I just remember I got such a shock that I just dropped the papers on the floor under the coffee table and they just scattered everywhere. I froze because I didn't want him to know what I was doing. But Honestly, he didn't even notice. I think he was just so shocked that I was there. It even took him a minute to realize that my friend was there also. So his demeanor instantly changed as soon as he saw her. Instead of yelling at me, as he probably would have done, he tried to turn on the charm. Again, asked if I was okay, that he was so worried about me, etc., etc. He said he wanted us to go for a coffee and have a conversation for... Literally the first time in over four years together, this guy now wanted to have a coffee with me. Um, so I completely ignored him. I acted like he wasn't even there, um, as did my friend. He went to the bedroom to get dressed. I think he assumed that I was just back in the house now, um, as I usually just was always there no matter what happened. Um, but while he was gone, I quickly gathered up the papers and we left. So I continue to get calls and texts from him all day, nonstop. stop uh, So here are some of the texts that I received over just the next couple of hours. Please text me, you really scared me. I love you, please text me. Call me please. Are you okay? Please call me, I don't give a shit what happened. I love you more than you realize. Text or whatever, please. Are you coming back before I leave for work? Tell, insert friend's name. I'm sorry, I didn't realize she was there when I came out in my underwear. I'm leaving in an hour, are you coming home? Will you let me know what's going on? If you're staying or leaving or wanna talk or whatever, just let me know. I'm working, will you be around tomorrow? If I call you when I get off the train, will you answer? We're going to have to sort this out one way or another Where are we going from here? I don't know what to say to you. I don't think we can come back from this. I want to work at it and get back on track, but we have to do it together. You need to talk to me. We're going to have to communicate no matter what happens. Just text me, talk to me, do something, please. Are you at home of insert friend? Text me back, please. So there you can clearly see the escalation already of the text with definite hints of... Underlying threats there and gaslighting me into thinking that I had to talk to him. Um, he's trying to manipulate me into calling him. The fact that he has no control over me now is making him angry. Um, I'll also make it known that after. This one morning, once I left that house, I have never spoken a single word to him, nor responded to any texts or calls he has ever sent me. So my friend had to go to work. So I went to the courthouse about 45 minutes away on the train. I was alone and I was completely numb. I didn't even know what I was doing or where I was going to be completely honest. As I sat there waiting to be called in, I remember thinking I was supposed to be enjoying my day off, but I've somehow now left my abuser. I'm at a courthouse getting papers filed to protect myself from him. You know, it goes to show that life can change in a split second. I went from silence and covering up to now telling complete strangers about my story. So when I got there I was informed that they were about to close in the next half an hour and they said that as they wanted time to really work on my case and to do it well and properly they told me to come back in the morning. So I went back again to my neighborhood I got a takeout it was the first time I'd eaten all day and it was like well into the evening at this point point. and I called my mom in Ireland to tell her what was going on and that I was okay. I don't know if I mentioned this last episode but after the cops had left our apartment that morning I sent my sister and some of my friends um in Ireland all of the videos that I'd recorded that morning without any explanation I think at this point I just didn't care anymore and I just wanted everyone to know what was happening and how bad it really was um And I didn't want to do that over a call, I just was like, I just wanted you to see how bad it is. Um, It was only years later that I actually learned of the distress and the chaos that these videos had caused. Um, There was talk of flights being booked to come and get me. A frying pan was broken in anger by someone. Um, I laughed about the stories when I heard them. Just I think the absurdity of me sending these crazy videos to people without context. Context was just crazy to me. Um but at the time clearly it, it wasn't a laughing matter. Um I called work to let them know what was happening and that I wouldn't be in the next day. Uh the manager that I spoke to was really worried um just kept asking if I was okay um I had to tell them what was going on because I didn't want my abuser showing up there as he would have thought that I was still going to be at work the next day um I just spent the night watching comedy shows on my iPad and snuggling up to my friend's new puppy till she came back from work um when my friend got back she told me a friend of hers had a room to rent in her apartment and she said that i could take it i was so overwhelmed with how fast my life was moving i honestly just couldn't even take it in so the next morning i went back to file my papers I filled the ladies there in on my situation as best as I could. Uh, They asked me some questions and then they wrote the papers. Um, They then sent me upstairs to where I would meet the judge and the judge would decide whether they could be filed. I didn't even realise that it was going to be in front of a judge. Honestly, I could not take anything in. I was just so numb. As I sat there while the judge looked over the papers, it was kind of like an out-of-body experience. I had terrible anxiety, but then she stamped it and she just looked up and looked me right in my eyes and she said, good luck and take care of yourself. And... It was just one of those moments that I'll never forget. It felt so good to have someone say that to me, particularly someone of her status. It was kind of like a validation of what had happened to me. I had thought a protection order was a tad dramatic, if I'm being honest, in my situation. But here she was, a judge, validating that what had happened to me was bad enough that I needed and deserved protection. And I felt a lot better uh, leaving there. So the next day the plan was that my friend would take me to the police station where we could try and get them to serve him the, with the papers and after that we would pack up my belongings and move to the new apartment so she worked um at night time so she got home from work around 1am my abuser worked in a bar overnight so I knew that he wouldn't be at home so we both went to my former apartment and packed my things in the space of an hour we still talk about it to this day we don't know how we did it in such a short space of time um we also managed to have a laugh while we were doing it. I think I was just kind of hysterical at this point, And my friend was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is actually happening. Um, I knew that I couldn't take everything with me, but I just remember seeing all of my books. It just broke my heart. I took the important ones and then I left the rest. And honestly, I still think about them almost six years later. Like I'm such a book lover um, and I wonder what happened to them. I hope they went somewhere. I hope someone's reading them. I hope they're in someone's library somewhere. (laughs) So we left my packed items by the front door, ready to pick them up in the morning. I knew that this was a risk. I wasn't sure if they'd still be there the next day. Would they be burned in the yard? Would they be destroyed? But it was just a risk I had to take. He had been texting and calling me all day over and over. And I was anticipating what he would do when he came home to all my boxes. So here are a couple of the texts that I received. Just home and everything is all boxed up. Please don't leave this way. I didn't realize it would come to this. And now that I see it, it's bringing me to tears. I don't want you to leave and I don't want us to end this way. I've been thinking so hard about all of this please we came out here together to build a life it hasn't gone to plan for various reasons but we can make it work I know you're working tomorrow so I'll call down and wait until you're on lunch another threat just text me back when you wake up we need to talk we can work past this I want to work past this I love you so much and when you were away for two weeks I missed you even though we weren't getting along and I realized what you meant to me I got frustrated last night because you weren't talking to me and you even said you didn't know why you didn't text me back. Um, That was about the situation with seeing the apartment. Um, I was trying really, really hard, trying to rebuild what we had and couldn't understand why you kept pushing me away, again he's turning the blame on me. I understand if you don't love or care for me anymore, then you should leave, you deserve to be happy, but if you still do have feelings for me, we should at least talk and see if we can resolve it. To me, it's worth fighting for. I love you. I'm sorry for any pain and trouble I cause. I don't want to lose you. I just want things to go back to the way they were back home. We were happy. Why can't we go back to that? Seeing your stuff here in boxes makes it hit deep how far I've pushed you away. Just agree to meet me or at least talk please we can't throw this away a new apartment a new beginning whatever you want me to do whatever needs to be done to sort this out and make you happy i'll do it no matter what it is what it takes i'll do it you mean too much to me to lose you without a fight so you can see there you know the manipulation the threats to show up to my job um i mean everything he's saying about you know we can work on this I'll do anything let's go back to the way we were yada 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 it's all just I mean if that was the case then why didn't you just do that all along you knew things are wrong for it's been four years of of abuse so why are you now suddenly trying to say that you want to fix it you know Uh, so they continued on all day all night So the next morning uh, me and my friend went to the station. I gave the cop behind the desk the protection order. He barely looked at it. He didn't ask me any questions and he just said we'll call you when it's served. I didn't know how these things worked so I didn't even question it. Um, So we went back to the apartment to pack up the car. I think it took Two or three trips in total. We did it super fast. I think probably took an hour altogether. Super women. I honestly don't know how. Uh, My friend is a rock star. The whole time I was there in the apartment, he was home. He was begging me to talk to him, to go for a coffee. Two things he never in his life wanted to do with me: go for a coffee, go do anything together, or even just talk to me. Um, I walked around the apartment as if he didn't exist. Um, He started adding things that I hadn't packed to the pile of stuff, but I would just pick them up and put them in the trash. Uh, Every time we would leave to bring another load to the new place, he would call my phone over and over and over and over. He would call, I would hang up, he would call, I would hang up constant. Uh, I was feeling really overwhelmed, so I asked my friend if I could stay with her for one more night, I think it would have been too much for me to be in a new apartment with a stranger that first night I was still too vulnerable um so later that day I received uh, more texts please sit down with me please I don't think I'll be able to stay here and do this without you if there's any little part of you that still gives a shit about me hear me out as I said I'll do whatever it takes if you want to go to, if you want me to go to AA, anger management, even a psychiatrist, I'll do it. I don't care. I love you and I don't want to lose you. You're the one thing keeping me somewhat sane. Please, I know I sound pathetic, but I don't want this. I've said horrible things. I've been a complete dick. I have problems as we all do. And after all this, I realize I'm not strong enough to deal with them by myself. Turning everything around on him, trying to make himself uh the one that needs the sympathy i always thought that things would go away and i'd be able to sort it out myself i will get help but i need you seeing you leave is breaking my heart i never ever ever meant to hurt you cause you this mental anguish and change you please don't please just talk to me next text you don't have to do this please at least talk to me i'm sorry i'm so sorry next text all i'm asking for is just 15 minutes just do that for me please 15 minutes and then i promise i'll stop bothering or calling you please i'm begging i'm begging please if you've made up your mind i understand i just want to let you know how i feel 15 minutes is nothing compared to five years next text i'm going to keep trying till you talk to me please another threat um He mentions that a family friend of his uh, got us an apartment in his building. I'm looking at it tomorrow. A new start, new beginnings. Please just call or meet up. Please, I'll get whatever help I need. I'm going to keep this up until you message me. Threat again. I need to know if you're 100% sure about all this. As if me ignoring him wasn't me telling him I was 100% sure. You deserve the best and I can do the best I can, please next text i've given a lot of thought and i totally understand you need to get away from me i have problems that i never addressed although i thought i did and i never sorted myself out uh i must have put you through a lot and i'm genuinely sorry you were and still are my love i never meant to hurt you i only wanted to do right but but my demons always got the better of me i'll leave you alone to get on with whatever you uh you're doing i'll be in contact in a few days because i have have to cancel and sort out a few things you have my number if you ever want to meet for a coffee or whatever what is this obsession with coffee suddenly this is not a guilt trip or anything like that i just want to say i'm sorry goodbye i love you i miss you be safe pet xxx you'll always be in my heart even though i won't be in yours to me honestly that sounds like a suicide note or something um just like ridiculous trying to get me to feel sympathetic and contact he's basically trying to manipulate me into contacting him I think it's extremely obvious um so at this point I had no idea that I was actually in a lot of danger. I felt all alone in the world and so far away from my life, my home, my culture, my country. I was honestly just too tired to feel scared. Leaving is the most dangerous time for an abuse victim. This is something I didn't learn for years after and i really only something I've accepted for myself in very recent months. He could have potentially hurt or even killed me and still could even all these years later. I find it so hard to believe that but the facts and statistics are there for a reason. I often feel like um, I'm exaggerating or trying to place myself in others more violent stories, but I don't doubt that the violence with him was only beginning and a hundred percent would have escalated further. Women often don't know their level of danger. They don't realise that it is escalating. Since doing so much research and work in this field and hearing so many stories of others, it's crazy to me how we have all gone through such similar patterns. The same traits pop up every single time. So if I'm to accept that the patterns in the beginning are the same, I have to also accept that the escalation was the same and I was in far more danger than I thought. After all, a protection order is just a piece of paper. A lot of women recant the orders because they know the consequences. They don't do it for dramatics. They don't they don't um, do it just for attention. They do it to stay alive. They can see the danger of leaving when nobody else can. The ones who don't show up in court and who don't renew their protection orders are the ones at the most risk. By getting a protection order, you're exposing your abuser to the world. This takes away his power and control. In order to survive, the victim knows she has to give him back that control. Even cops get frustrated at these calls because they constantly see the women going back to their abusers or refusing to press charges. If the cops' attitudes don't change toward domestic violence cases, then what chance do we have? So I just want to read an interesting chapter from No Visible Bruises. So, victims stay because they know that any sudden move will provoke the bear. They stay because they have developed tools over the years that have sometimes worked to calm down an angry partner, pleading, begging, cajoling, promising, and public displays of solidarity including against the very people, police, advocates, judges, lawyers, family, who might be the only ones capable of saving their lives. They stay because they see the bear coming for them and they want to live. Why victims stay isn't the question we need to be asking. Rather, I think a better question is, how do we protect this person? No qualifiers, no musing about why she stayed, or what she might appear to be doing or not doing. Just one simple question, how do we protect her? I think that's really, really important and something I've tried to explain over and over again. Uh, So here's another paragraph I wanna read. It's an absolute leap of cognition to imagine that this person you love or once loved, this person you made a child with, this person you made a commitment to and vice versa, this person who shares every big and small detail of your life would actually truly take that life from you. Love is what makes domestic violence different from any other crime. That the people involved has said to each other and to the world, you are the most important person to me. And then, in an instant, for that relationship to become lethal, it requires us to mentally, intellectually, and emotionally hurdle beyond what we can imagine. That trauma of knowing someone you love is willing to take your last breath, asked Gail Strack, a leading domestic violence advocate in San Diego. How do you live with that? I think that's one of the things that makes it so hard to accept as a victim is that this is not just any person that's doing this to you. This is a person that you loved with all your heart. Just try to imagine for a second someone in your life. It could be your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife. Imagine them suddenly turning on you and becoming abusive. Just imagine how hard that would be to accept fully. Something that also really frustrates me is how domestic violence cases are done through family court. So it's in there with cases of custody and divorce hearings rather than being treated as a criminal matter, which it is. You can stab, hit, kick, strangle a stranger and go to criminal court. But if you do that to your spouse, then it goes to family court. How does that make sense? Abuse is a process, but the justice system is set up to address incidents, not processes. It's not possible to show the escalation in a court. So here's another little paragraph that I want to mention. Uh, Some of you may or may not have heard of this before. I actually hadn't heard of this until I read this book, No Visible Bruises. Um, And I think it's something that is an extremely good idea and i hope that it comes into a lot more states in the next few years one story matt dale likes to talk about is the case of the woman who had an active restraining order against her abuser but when he broke the order and the police were called in the officer on the scene couldn't read her actual stay away order for the most trivial of reasons it was typed on a piece of paper paper which degrades after a time it had been issued from the court and in the intervening time in which she'd been granted it had become illegible as a result montana eventually implemented something called the hope card it is the size of a driver's license and laminated and contains identifying information about the offender including a picture the active dates of the protection order and any other pertinent information Victims can get multiple HOPE Cards and pass them out to co-workers, teachers and administrators at a child's school or anyone else who might need to be made aware of the order of protection. Two other states, Idaho and Indiana, have implemented the HOPE Card and more than a dozen other states have looked into Montana's program. I think that is a fantastic idea. Um, The HOPE Card, I will leave a link to some more information about that Um, I think it's a wonderful idea. It is true. Paper disintegrates after a while. It becomes illegible. And just the thought of having multiple copies that you can give to people, I think it's a great idea. So on with my story. Um, So I moved into the new apartment. I changed my phone number. I blocked him, his family and his friends from social media. Uh, Basically anyone that we had direct communication in common with. Um, I did, however, keep my Facebook messenger open to him as I wanted to have access to some form of communication just in case. I also felt like I may need proof further down the line. Um, I informed work of the protection order because he kept threatening to show up there. Uh, Something I noticed as well when I logged into our joint um phone account was that he had gotten an itemized bill for my phone clearly he was trying to track me down through that in some way um little did he know that i was only 20 minutes away from him at this time i pretty much avoided everyone I sent a group text to my closest friends in Ireland and then I ignored their responses. I was too exhausted and ashamed to keep seeing what happened over and over again. I had to absorb everything and process everything first by myself. I told them I was safe and I just was too drained to talk about it. A week passed and I still hadn't heard anything from the cops about the protection order so I called them to see what was going on with it. They told me it still hadn't been served I was really confused I didn't even know if it had been attempted to be served he didn't even have an answer for me at this point I had realized anyway that I would have to take the order to another station as he had moved um, to a different location so had a different police district I went back to get the order from the first station and I saw that it was still sitting on the exact same pile that the first cop had put it on a week ago. I was shocked. So I'm gonna read some more texts from this time. Um, The texts never stopped. Uh, They were going on for a long time, as you'll see. So this is from the day after I moved when are you going to have your phone sorted out? I'm cutting down the plan and cancelling cable and assuming I'm taking you off my plan. So suddenly he decides he wants to cut down the phone plan and make his bills cheaper uh, because he's paying for it, I guess, when I tried to get him to do that for years and he would not have it. I don't want to leave you without service. I'm guessing you can keep your number, but you have to go into them. If you need, I can keep you on until the end of next month. Just let me know. Again, he's trying to use the phone plan to get me to contact him um meanwhile i'd already had my new phone number sorted at this point um, but it's just manipulating me trying to get me to contact him uh this is two days later hi it's been three days and i don't know how you're fixed do you want to talk if you're leaving me for good we have to talk about your green card i don't want to cancel it as if he could just cancel it did you sort out your phone look i know what i did was stupid disgusting and embarrassing i ended up hanging out with yonkers cops after work wednesday night so i think he's trying to say here that he this was would have been the night before everything happened that morning when he called the cops on me And I think he's trying to say that he was hanging out with Yonkers cops in the bar and just thought that, oh, they're my buddies now and I can call them. Um, And I didn't think about the consequences. I was stupid and upset over our stupid fight. And like I always do, I end up fucking things up. I want to talk regardless of how you feel. You're a special part of my life. I don't want to leave on these terms. This was another text also sent the same day. Look, I'm dead serious about getting help this time. I know I have problems. I got a beautiful apartment, new beginnings, new everything. I want to be excited about it, but I want to know what's going on with us. If you're leaving for good, just say so. Honestly, if you don't want to give it one last chance, let me know. I'll do whatever's needed to get you back. I'm texting you like a lunatic because I miss you. I've taken you for granted for too long. Even reply with a fuck off or stop texting or anything, and I promise I'll stop. Again, he just is trying to manipulate me into texting. He just wants to have power over me again. If there's hope, I'll keep trying. If not, I have to accept it and rebuild. Another text sent that day, you know I'm not a bad person. Pfft. I let my demons catch up to me and it affected our relationship. I haven't tried hard enough to get my act together with my issues. I never expected this to happen. Never wanted to hurt you. You're everything to me. And even though I bitched about money, I'd give you every last penny. All I ever wanted was for you to love me and me to be the best I could to you. It's been three days and I haven't heard anything from you. It's killing me and I don't know what to do. I am an actual mess. I found all the pictures you left behind of us and it's breaking my heart. I'm so sorry. Texting you like this is my only communication with you. So I'm sorry I'm trolling, but it makes me feel a tiny bit better knowing you're reading this. I hope, again, he just wants to power over me. I was going to pop into you at work, but I don't want to embarrass you. Uh, he kept trying to tell me he was going to show up at work If you give me the chance, we can try and patch this up. I'd even be willing to help you get... I'd even be willing to help you get an apartment. Meanwhile, I already had my own apartment. And I would help pay for it until you're ready. I'm better than the way I've been acting and what transpired. The last week is not me and not what I want to become. Please talk to me. It's funny that, you know, he also thinks that this is only about the last week. That the last week, how I've behaved, is not me when like that wasn't even anywhere near as bad as it had gotten at any point like that was just kind of the tail end of it for me um so yeah uh let's see this is um about a week after I left I don't know if you're getting my texts or not you could have changed your number not too sure give me a call or anything let me know you're alive what you're doing anything i know i'm a disgrace and an idiot i never meant to hurt you i took you for granted i treated you bad the last two years two years four years i know i need help i can't put it off i want you to be part of my life i love you more than anything want to make this right and make you happy if you don't have feelings for me anymore i understand just let me know I know you're down since you came back from Ireland, and I tried to take care of you, but I fucked up again. I want us to go back to four years ago when we were happy. I can be that person again. I know I can. Um, This was four days later on my birthday. Not sure if you've changed your number, and my text delivered last night. So he was obviously texting me too, but just didn't know that I had changed my number. Um, But happy birthday, I miss you. Um, this was a couple days after that, I think. Um, our phone cycle ends in six days. You should have your own number sorted by then. I'll be setting up my own new account. Also, I want to maybe, um file for separation but i don't know how it would affect you no matter our situation i don't want to get you in any trouble with your green card again these are all threats especially if you're going home in march haven't heard a word from you so i don't know what you're doing we're going to have to be civil and sort this out let me know before i do anything no more begging i just want to sort out business um again threats 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 um This is from another few days later. What's the situation now? I don't want to cut off the phone unless you're sorted. I'm going to work later, so I'll give you until then to let me know. Again, threats. I find it very hard that after four or so years that you can't even contact me after three weeks just to get an update. Um, Again, you can see the escalation. These texts, he's gone from the pity party and the apologies to now threatening me. No matter what happened, we were together for that long. It shows me what I've taught for a long time. You had no interest to be with me and I was convenient. We have to talk about separation to and when your green card is up because I don't want to be part of this any longer, but I don't want to put you in jeopardy. I have my own shit to deal with. It's messy enough and I don't want it to get messier. If I don't hear back, goodbye, good luck. I've given up caring and worrying and won't be held back anymore again threats and just putting all the blame towards me again no surprise uh this is from let me see about 10 days after that he's gone back to mr nice guy again hi pet still waiting for you to contact me (sighs) this text i had an awful week i cracked my phone screen Plus, the logic board on my laptop burned out. Um, That may have been the time that I spilled water in it. I'm not a happy guy. Watching TV on my iPad. Grr. I miss talking to you and I miss you. Anyways, at least let me know you're alive. Hope you're doing good. X. So that'll tell you the importance of physical items in his life. That he's had an awful week because his electronics have broken and the poor guy had to watch tv on his ipad oh dear so sad for him um so yeah they're just some of more of the texts i was getting that time they're going to show again the escalation between apologies threats manipulation gaslighting all the rest of it So I knew that I could get a friend to serve the protection order paperwork for me, but I honestly just didn't want to ask any of my friends to get involved. And I had some other friends who would have been willing to do it, but they had situations where they just didn't want to get involved with the law in any way, which was really understandable. Um, I got some bad advice from someone who should have known better, that I could serve the papers myself. Looking back now, this clearly makes no sense. You're gonna serve a protection order to the person you're trying to be protected from. Like it makes no sense. But again, I just wasn't thinking straight at the time. So I knew the address of his new apartment because I had logged into our phone account and I had seen that he had changed his address. I went to the apartment, rang the buzzer and I just threw the papers at him when he answered and I literally legged it out of there, ran around the corner as fast as I could. Um, I went to the court date a few weeks later and he wasn't there. No surprise as I'm sure he had gotten advice from someone that it wasn't legal for me to serve them myself. Uh, The judge had new papers written up for me with a new court date while I was there. So I tried for the next week to get the paper served. At the new station, thankfully, they were a lot more helpful. Um, I had to go back every single day for a whole week trying to get the paper served. They told me that I had to wait in the station until they got back from serving him. Uh, this is actually how they are required to do things, unlike the other station who told me that they just called me when it was done and then did nothing about it. In all that time, I could have had anything happen to me. So they made several attempts to serve him but they said he didn't answer the door but it felt like he was there in the apartment like they could hear him um, but they couldn't force their way in. He obviously knew at this point that they were looking for him and had likely been told to just avoid them. So at this point I just gave up. He was still harassing me with messages but I thought I was okay. So at the next court date uh which is probably maybe a month later i couldn't believe it when he walked into the waiting room of the courthouse i had so many questions i hadn't served him the new papers, so why was he here how did he even know that there was a new court date and when it was Sitting in that waiting room for a whole hour with him across the way from me was some of the worst anxiety I have ever felt in my life. It was horrible breathing the same air as him again. I just put music on my headphones, kept my head down, text my friends and just tried to ignore him. When we got into the court, I didn't realise I was about to experience 10 minutes of hell. When I think about it now, I still get shaky. So the judge who was female didn't let me speak at all but she gave him so many times to speak and she never interrupted him. Every time I tried to speak she interrupted me with the coldest, hardest stare but meanwhile she smiled at my abuser. She yelled at me because I had served the papers myself, but what she wouldn't let me explain was how these papers weren't the same papers that I had served him. The current papers that this case was for were still in my hand. They had never been served to him and he had the old papers in his hand. This was a new court date with new papers, but she was carrying on like it was the old papers in the old court date. I could not understand it. She would not let me explain it. So safe to say she dismissed the case. I couldn't bear thinking that he had won over on me again. I was so close to tears I got out to the waiting room again and thankfully he had left because I was super scared that he was going to hang around and wait for me especially when he knew there was no protection order now so he could just do or say anything to me um and thankfully he wasn't outside afterwards either because I was kind of worried that he was going to follow me on the train also so the court clerk had actually followed me out of the courthouse into the waiting room and was so lovely to me. She clearly knew it hadn't been handled very well and I kinda had the feeling that maybe this judge may have a reputation like a bad reputation she said that she was sorry about what had happened she asked if I needed to file new papers or if I thought maybe I was safe now had he still been contacting me she had such sympathy for me in her eyes and I was so grateful I told her I thought I was okay now and I explained the whole situation with the papers I couldn't understand that he was there it was so nice to have someone understand and listen especially after what had just happened it was especially tough to take that the judge had been female so a few days after this i got another text since i have no order against me i said i'd reach out to see if you want to file taxes jointly instead of separately two reasons one it'll look good for your tenure visa i've no intention of filing for separation or anything until you get the green card I never had that intention. If we get called for the interview, you can say we're taking a break or whatever. That's up to you. Once you get it, we can discuss how we go onwards. Secondly, we'll get a bigger refund each. You have a full year under your belt paying taxes. Plus I have college fees to get back and we both need the dollars badly. I'll make sure it's itemized. Plus I'll make sure you get extra. I've been up all night checking tax breaks, etc. This is the best way for now. If we file separately, they take more tax and we both get penalized for not having insurance. Plus they look at your taxes for immigration. Think about it and let me know, ASAP, purely business. Drop me your W-2 and I can take it down and we'll probably get three to four grand back. I won't contact you again unless you message me. If you don't, I take it filing on your own. Let me know. It seems like the best logical and best financial thing to do." So I remember just laughing at this because first of all, I had already filed my taxes at this point. I think I honestly had even gotten my refund at this stage. Um, All the, you know, trying to make it sound, oh, it's all friendly and it's all business-like, yada, yada, yada. Um, But again, the threats were there. He's trying to coax me with money. um, And also, you know, trying to say that, like, just give me your information and I'll do it and I'll even give you extra money. Like, as if that's what he's going to do. First of all, he just wanted the contact with me, find out where I live. And secondly, there's absolutely no way he would have ever given me any money. At all, He didn't even give me my share of the refund when we were together. So why would he do it now when we weren't together? It was all just a threat to get me to come out and contact him. And also because he just wanted the money. No surprises there. So he continued to harass me with text about this. The next day, he says... um, So he sends me a link to an article. Uh, The article is called Tax Tips for Separated Couples. Then three days later, I was talking to an accountant at work and was told filing jointly is the best way to go. I'm entitled to $4,230 back if we file together, and that could go up to $5,000 with your W-2. I would split it with you 50-50, whatever it ends up being. That would pay for your flight home for the wedding and everything. I was supposed to go home for my friend's wedding. It's a great opportunity and I would hate to lose that money to the government. As I said, this is so laughable. As I said, it's purely business. It would be good to show if called for the green card interview. Again, he's threatening me with the green card again. You don't have to talk to me. I'll just get your W-2, get the taxes done. And when the check comes three weeks later, I'll give you an envelope with the cash. Let's put aside our differences and get paid. Like honestly, this guy, it's just laughable at this point. So a week later filing taxes on Monday regardless of if you want to file jointly not waiting around any longer I need to pay for college money takes two to three weeks to process let me know by Monday afternoon just a simple yes or no it's a good opportunity to get money and like I said I'll give you half plus it looks good for immigration if I don't hear back I'm filing Monday evening after work Um, Honestly, it kind of sounds like he's trying to get me to be part of a pyramid scheme, doesn't it? Just hilarious. I mean, the audacity of him, as if he was ever going to give me even a dollar out of that. Like, it's just so laughable. Oh, my goodness. So, in between all of these texts, I would get... I had some sightings of him over the months where, thankfully, he didn't see me. And... I you know some friends that we had in common who would tell me about interactions that they'd had with him so about six weeks or so after I left him I joined tinder I had no intentions of going on a date with anyone I totally wasn't ready but I was just enjoying using it and messaging people and of course swiping everybody loves the swiping Um, dating apps hadn't been a thing the last time I was single so I was kind of fascinated it was at that point where These were all pretty new and people were, like, everybody was using Tinder at this point. Um, I heard not long after that my abuser's cousin had apparently spotted me on Tinder and told him about it. And then he apparently then made his own account so that he could try and find my account, which apparently he did. And apparently he was fuming about it. Um, So he told our mutual friend that while he was sitting at home devastated and alone, I was out on dating sites and clearly was using him all along just as he had thought. Uh, There were several times where I saw him on the street while I was passing on the bus. Um, One time I was in the city, miles from our neighborhood, when I was standing on the train facing the window and he appeared directly in front of me. On the platform i remember just willing the train to close the doors and move on thankfully he was looking the other way and didn't see me um he told f- several friends that all he had to do was click his fingers and immigration would take away my green card and that if i didn't contact him he would do exactly that He was truly deluded. I had already meanwhile been told by a lawyer that my green card was my green card and my green card only and no one else could do anything to take it away. At this point, I had already started the process of applying applying for my new green card. Um, The date was about to come up where I had to apply for a new one. I'm gonna talk more about that in another episode because it does become a huge part of the story. Um, So I only lasted for a month in the apartment that I had moved to. It was way too far from work and just kind of not a very nice place to live. Uh, The month that I spent there was so hard. I was so lonely. I was so traumatized. I just kind of wanted somewhere familiar. So eventually I found an apartment back in my old neighborhood. I know it was kind of risky to move back to the neighborhood where he was still living, but I just needed that comfort of knowing my surroundings um. so I was sharing with another Irish girl who was really really nice the apartment was so homely so comforting it had laundry it had a backyard the rent was super affordable totally unheard of for New York uh, it just made such a difference to walk in the door every day and just feel relaxed and I hadn't felt that for you know almost five years So the text continued for the next year. Um, I wanted to keep the communication lines open while I was applying for my new green card, just in case. Um, Again, they went from begging to false apologies to threats, manipulation. Uh, So I'm going to read some more for you. This is from April 2016. So this is two months after the whole Um, court date and him texting me about taxes so he sends me sends me a picture of an envelope with my name and his address handwritten and asks will I drop this off at your job Um, this is really strange because firstly I never lived in that apartment it was handwritten I was so confused so my instinct straight away was that he clearly did this himself and just again wanted an excuse to come to my work for me to contact him like as if I cared anyway what was in the envelope at this point also I had um this is something I'll, I'll speak more about this in the next episode um it's something that I completely forgot about till just now but Uh, there was this thing that I got that my lawyer had told me about so basically your address is protected Um, so any kind of particularly because the documents I was working with at the time to do with my green card obviously his name was mentioned in it so he had entitlement to access those documents and you know she obviously didn't want him seeing my address and my new information so uh, there's this thing where um you basically fill out a form and it protects your address so basically your um, mail gets sent to this address who then send it from that address to you so you use their address instead of your own um I'll put more information about that uh in the next episode because I want to talk about that a little bit more I totally forgotten about it Um, so I knew that, like, no important documents were going to get sent to him. Like, it was nothing, even if it was legit mail, it was nothing that I needed. So I knew it was just, again, I just ignored it. He was just trying to get me to contact him once again. A few months later, August, um, I'm in Ireland for a wedding. I had fun, but I miss us. I'm really sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Just give me a text, please. Um, and this is, I think this is the last text that I received from him. I'm pretty sure that it is anyway. This is about a month or six weeks later. Uh, so he says, it's nearly a year since all of the shit went down. I was talking to a lawyer today and I want to get all this sorted and move on because it's been a very tough year for me. I can't move on until this is done. I have pushed so many people away and I can't do it anymore. I don't want to know your number. I just need a place to drop off the papers. I'll stress the point that I will give you your green card. I mean, he's not the US government. It's the least I can do if you want. If I can't get in contact with you or you choose not to respond, I'll have to file for abandonment and I don't want to do that because that will fuck up a lot of shit for you. Threats, threats, threats. I just want this done ASAP because it still hurts and I need to move on. I'll give you a week to respond. Threats, threats. Please do. I don't want this to get worse than it is. And again, it's just threats and just complete another I honestly wonder is he that deluded that he really thought that he just could click his fingers and my green card would be gone like meantime I think at that point I actually had my green card in my hands um so it was literally nothing to do with it the whole application that time was to get his name um unattached from my green card documents um so you know it wasn't even anything to do with him at that point. I mean just ridiculous. Um, so I think that that was the last text that I received before I blocked him completely. Um, so I'm just gonna talk about something that I believe is very important. Again it's something that I didn't even know existed until I read uh, No Visible Bruises by Rachel Louise Snyder. You will know by now I continuously go back to this book is extremely important again there is a link in the bio so a woman named Jacqueline Campbell created what's known as the danger assessment 30 years ago Um, It was originally written to help healthcare workers identify potential victims of domestic violence in emergency rooms. The danger assessment is probably the single most important tool used in intimate partner assault treatment and awareness today. How a victim answers the questions on any given danger assessment will determine what comes next, whether a perpetrator is arrested, tried, found guilty, and whether a victim will press charges, be taken to a shelter, walked through the court system. Often it will determine a much starker outcome, whether someone will live or die. The danger assessment has changed the course of how we understand and treat intimate partner violence in America and beyond. It has broken through cultural and political barriers been adapted for use by police, attorneys, judges, advocates and healthcare workers, among others. It has informed research and policy and saved countless lives. So I'm going to read what the danger assessment, uh, what is actually contained in the document. Um, It is... Just one page. Um, okay, so here's what it says. Several risk factors have been associated with homicides of both batterers and battered women in research conducted after the murders have taken place. We cannot predict what will happen in your case, but we would like you to be aware of the danger of homicide in situations of severe battering and for you to see how many of the risk factors apply to your situation using the calendar please mark the approximate dates during the past year when you were beaten by your husband or partner write on that date how bad the incident was according to the following scale so there is five different items on the scale so the first one is slapping pushing no injuries and or lasting pain number two punching kicking bruises cuts and or lasting pain Number three, beating up, severe contusions, burns, broken bones. Number four, threat to use weapon, head injury, internal injury, permanent injury. Number five, use of weapon, wounds from weapon. If any of the descriptions for the higher number apply, use the higher number. Okay, so here there are 19 questions, so, they tell you to mark yes or no for each of the 19 questions. Um, And he refers to the husband, partner, ex-husband, or whoever is currently physically hurting you. So you use the scale and that determines your answers for number one to 19. So here are the questions. Has the physical violence increased in severity or frequency over the past year? Has he ever used a weapon against you or threatened you with a weapon? Does he ever try to choke you? Does he own a gun? Has he ever forced you to have sex when you did not wish to do so? Does he use drugs? By drugs, I mean uppers or pre-amphetamines, speed, angel dust cocaine, crack, street drugs, or mixtures? Does he threaten to kill you and or do you believe he is capable of killing you? Is he drunk every day or almost every day in terms of quantity of alcohol? Does he control most or all of your daily activities? For instance, does he tell you who you can be friends with, when you can see your family, how much money you can use, or when you can take the car? If he tries, but you do not let him, check here. Have you ever been beaten by him while you were pregnant? If you have never been pregnant by him, check here. Is he violently and constantly jealous of you? For instance, does he say, If I can't have you, no one can? Have you ever threatened or tried to commit suicide? Has he ever threatened or tried to commit suicide? Does he threaten to harm your children? Do you have a child that is not his? Is he unemployed? Have you left him during the past year? If you never lived with him, check here. Do you currently have another different intimate partner? Does he follow or spy on you? Leave threatening notes, destroy your property, or call you when you don't want him to? So that is the end of the assessment. So here is the scale and hows how it is scored. So for anyone that receives an eight or higher, they are at very grave risk. And for a four or higher, you're at great risk. The average score for a murdered woman was just under eight. The average score for an abused woman was just over three. Now, I did this recently and I was at a seven. So that was pretty terrifying to discover. So at a seven puts me at very grave risk. And I was the average score for a murdered woman. So that is terrifying. So... I'm going to leave it there. That was a long episode again. um, I honestly really could have made this a three-parter. There was so much information. I'm trying to include everything I can that was happening at this time, but there's just such a lot was going on in the following year that it's just impossible to include everything. Um, So next week, I'm going to talk about what came next and the whole recovery process, which takes a long time. So once again, thank you so much for the support. Please share this on all platforms. Um, If you could rate this for me, I would really appreciate it. And feel free to reach out to me on social media at IPVME on Twitter and Instagram. Contact thehotline.org if you need help or more information. Till next time.